to the Brooklyn Poets Yopcast for October 11th, 2021, featuring poet star Davis leading our workshop and kicking off the open mic. I am your host and MC once again, Jason Koo. The Brooklyn Poets Yop is a pun- monthly, <laughs> say monthly, is a monthly poetry workshop and open mic. Formerly held at 61 Local in Cobble Hill, we have been hosting the Yop virtually via Zoom since the pandemic began. For more info, go to brooklynpoets.org. This month's open mic lineup featured Yana Kane, Stella Lee, Cassidy Gabriel, Will Kiever, Navila Nahid, Todd Friedman, Seth Leeper, Morgan Boyle, Madeline Phillips, Harvey Sauce, Rita Simmons, Sharon DeYoung, Kyle Brosnahan, Danielle Gasparo, Kayla Schwab, Mark Kaplowitz, Audrey Curtis, Ido Tastic, Sam Park, Shanice Hughes-Greenberg, and last but not least, our beloved office manager, Jay Eason. So let's get right to the action. The Brooklyn Poets Yacht for October 11th. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Enjoy. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back for the open mic portion of our October Yop event. <laughs> I'm just checking that I'm not muted. Uh, I'm glad to see that I am not. Uh, welcome Star to your uh, guest. Uh, I wonder if uh, she'll be sharing a poem tonight. Yeah, no, she's not, she's not, she's not feeling it, she's not ready. Uh, she spoke enough today. <laughs> um, she's plugged up, hopefully for for the reading. <laughs> um, okay. Um, sorry, I was distracted by a message from our office manager. Uh, if you are reading tonight, uh, we are trying to figure out <laughs> how to enable your cameras. I think I am going to have to do it since I am the main host. Uh, so don't fret. I believe I do have the power to make people co-hosts. Yes, I do. I just tried it on you, Shanice. So you should be able to enable your camera. Uh, But I will take care of that while Star is reading. Uh, But a few announcements before we begin. Um, Before I go over the quote unquote rules of the open mic, I wanted to announce that tomorrow we are about to open for applications for the 2022 mentorship program class. Uh, If you don't know what the mentorship program is, it is this uh, year-long mentorship (laughs) program. I'm going to say the mentorship program is a mentorship program. It is a year-long curriculum of study with uh, Jay Despande, one of our longtime Brooklyn Poets teachers, uh, in which 12 students uh, work together in a cohort taking workshops and different craft classes with Jay, as well as uh, rotating Broken Poets teachers and visiting speakers over the course of 12 months. Uh, It's really hard to explain in like a one minute soundbite, but if you want to find more information about it, we are about to launch that later tonight um, and uh, officially open for applications tomorrow. Uh, Again, it is a 12 months Uh, immersive training program in uh, becoming a poet. Uh, It's not often that uh, you think of 
poetry is something requiring training as like uh, becoming a doctor might or like a CPA or something like that, but it does. It's just that uh, we are not accustomed to thinking of it that way. So we kind of patch it together in the way that most poets do. And while I'm a fan of patching things together, <laughs> which I think is fine, uh, I think for the most part, we would all we would have all appreciated more direction, especially when we were young. I know that was certainly true for myself. Uh, and we usually turn to um, academic institutions to provide this and, you know, those are great in some ways and, and really flawed in others. So uh, we're trying to offer something that is not under the uh, auspices of institution with all of their limitations, something that is independent and more organic um, and I think more uh, tailored to what individual poets actually need. Uh, who are perhaps not interested in becoming teachers or getting a degree <laughs> for writing poems. Uh, you certainly don't need a degree to write poems as, as many of you that join us every month uh, can attest who don't have a degree but still write amazing poems and are publishing those. Um, so again, if you wanna find more information about that, go to brokenpoets.org. The mentorship program page is under our workshops uh, tab on the menu. Uh, and if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you'll get the announcement about that tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. And if you follow us on social media, you'll get the announcements about that uh, following the newsletter on social media. Okay, uh, that was a lot of announcements. Uh, let me go over the ground rules for the open mic. Uh, each poet will be reading one poem of about three minutes. And uh, we vote for a poem of the month at every yawp. Uh, and the way to do that is just give me one poet's name and you can text me at 718374 one nine five three um again vote once just tell me the poet's name that will suffice we will be screen sharing the texts of people's poems during the event so um it's pretty easy to see their name and and what it's spelled like but it's it's okay if you misspell it. i'll probably figure out who you're talking about and at the end of end of the event we'll scroll back through and and, and go over all the readers uh we are closing in on the end of the year uh, and our awards gala in which the 12 winners of poem of the month over the course of the year face off and compete for poem of the year honors. Uh, Star, our teacher tonight was uh, I think a runner up for poem of the year a few years back, famously because she did not vote for herself <laughs> and voted for another poet who ended up becoming one of the co-winners. It's uh, one of the most beautiful, but also one, one of the stories that makes me the saddest just for Star because she read an amazing poem that, that night that uh, we all still remember those of us that were there that night. But I think ultimately what I remember more, Star, is that you did not vote for yourself. So it tells you that selfless acts do live on. Yes, they do. <laughs> I was very happy for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, that, and Emily's poem was also amazing. So uh, uh, yeah, so nothing was really lost, I guess, in the end. Um, but again, to vote for Poem of the Month, 718-374-1953, and those 12 winners will read their poems at the end of the year at our awards gala. Um, yeah, I think that is it. Am I forgetting anything, Joe? I'm so scattered tonight because I'm trying to do all these other things in the background, so I'm feeling like I'm forgetting something. No, I don't oh, think so. Podcast. I'm not sure. <laughs> we oh. also record yeah this is what arthur is good for who can't attend tonight because he's got work, workshop with the mentorship program every month we record the open mic as a podcast that we publish as the Yopcast. you can subscribe to this on itunes or wherever you get your pods uh it's also on soundcloud um we'd love it if you would subscribe 
rate us five stars because uh, that will help more uh, listeners find these amazing poets every month. If you don't want to be in the recording you're reading tonight, you don't have to be. Just email me or send me a message in the chat and I can uh, take you off the recording. Okay, uh, we're going to get to it. Uh, before we get to the open mic proper, we're going to hear from our featured reader tonight, which is the one and only Star Davis. Thank you. Thank you. So I am working on a strange collection um, of poems and prose about my beef with oranges. Um, if there's any moms uh, on online tonight, you know that when you're pregnant, you, you have these cravings. And then sometimes after the pregnancy is over, for some reason that that craving doesn't like hit like it used to. So um, this is my on again, off again relationship with oranges that I'm musing about. Um, I think it's also directly linked to my postpartum and just so much that I'm going through mentally, just processing being a new mom. And anyways, <laughs> this is a poem about oranges. It's called Ode to Oranges and it's after Pablo Neruda's Ode to a Lemon, which if no one has read it, please do. His poem is way more beautiful than this one. Um, he actually likes lemons. So we'll see what happens here with mine. Um, <clears throat> Ode to Oranges after Pablo Neruda, Ode to a Lemon. My taste buds are still cursed with the aftertaste of citry prayers stored in my belly. Skin tough enough to be the black woman of all fruits with enough acid to shake a memory loose. This one. In the middle of the night, the pregnancy craving cut a hole into my Swedish dream, leading me to the kitchen for flesh. I was ripe with a baby so thirsty she drank all my tears. So when I was sad, all I could do was wail. It was bloody, that first bite into orange flesh and the very vitamin from the sun is hidden inside you. I have not tasted an orange in nine months. My mouth still holds the seed in truth. You are slutty and loose, the type of fruit my mother predicted I would be. You are most perfect when you are squishy and sad, like me that night. You were prisoner to season and time. I was not allowed to be alone, not even with you. My slice of hope and source of sun and heaven, he would insist on my sharing you with his hunger. By this time, I was used to nothing being mine, not even a thought. He could read those too. And especially not you, orange moon, full and disruptive. After I gave birth, I returned to you only to find you cold and ripe and out of season. In that kitchen, I was empty, a shadow of skin, 
Black women give birth, some die, some don't, and still find themselves dead. I tasted your dead flesh. Cannibalistically, I chewed through the first juiceless bite, angry for answers. Why are we like this? Black women, oranges, immortal, ecclesiastical, purposeful only as a surrogate for the sun. Thank you. That was my beef poem about oranges. Um, <laughs> more to come on that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tara. Well, you, you got a lot of leverage out of oranges. <laughs> Let me tell you. Um, Frank O'Hara famously also, I don't know if you know that story about he, he wrote a poem about oranges. Someone told me I need to go read it. Yeah, yeah. I need to read it. Yours is very different, and I, in my opinion, better. <laughs> uh, I've never been that much of a fan of that that O'Hara poem, but uh, both good, just different. Uh, but thank you so much, Star. Uh, you know what your work means to me and to all of us, uh, and uh, we're damn proud of you every time you come back and uh, do something for us. It's like uh, Star's back. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, and Star is going to be leading a workshop later this fall. I would have announced that already if it, if it weren't sold out. Uh, so sorry if you didn't get a chance to register, but uh, she'll be leading a workshop on Poetic Voice. Uh, I guess if you still want to take it, you could email me. Uh, maybe, we, maybe she'll take an additional student or two, but uh, we'll have to check with her. Uh, just be really nice to her, and uh, maybe it'll happen. Um, okay. Uh, we are going to turn it over to Yana Kane next. Uh, Yana, have I made you a co-host yet? I believe I have. Can you enable your camera or not? Uh, I am able. Yes. Okay. I can. Okay. Thank great. you. Hi. And uh, great uh, ode to oranges. I really love that alliteration. So S's and star. Just, just great. So um, I wrote this poem that I'm going to read. Uh, pretty much exactly a year ago when I was volunteering to do Get Out the Vote and I was writing postcards. And I remember this poem this year because guess what? Even though it's not national election, it's still election season and I am getting out the vote. Only this time it's letters. But close enough. So I decided to bring this, this one today. It's called Postcard. Dear likely non-voter. As I write this postcard to you, trying to find just the right words to convince you to vote, as I slow down my hand to be legible in passing to you the information you might need to get your ballot, fill it properly, and send it on time, I try to picture your hands taking this piece of thin cardboard from your mailbox your eyes scanning my lines. Perhaps you're older than me. Maybe your fingers with swollen joints shake as you close your eyes. Sometimes simply staying alive, holding yourself together, takes so much work. It is hard to spare any effort to attend to the world outside the familiar room. Perhaps you're younger. Your lips 
still retaining the plumpness of your recent childhood, twist wryly. Here is yet another so-called adult trying to tell you what is the right thing to do. One of all those people who for decades have been making a mess of things. Now they turn to you with hope in their eyes. Now they proclaim, it is up to you to fix the world. Perhaps with a single glance at my wording, my handwriting, my name, you guess that I look, sound, live differently from yourself, from the people you hold closest to your heart. The thread that connects us is so thin as to be invisible. As I touch it, I am not sure whether it has the strength to transmit the meaning without breaking. I hope you find your own words that would convince you your decision matters. It is worth your while to not be silent, to take part in creating the news that will meet us the next day. All right, thank you, Yana. Uh Beautiful poem, necessary poem. Following up on what you did last month, uh, Yana was poem of the month winner last month for her amazing poem uh, about uh, uh, what was the title of that poem? It's about it's about refugees. Yes, Yana. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, it was about uh, being being a refugee or not yeah. being a refugee. Yes, thank you. And it meant, yes. it, I really wanted to say how much it meant uh, to me to <laughs> return to Brooklyn where I started my, my American life, so yeah, thank you. Well, we're glad you did. Uh, and your poems always uh, move us and are, are so important. Thank um, you. Okay, thank you, Yana. Our next reader tonight is uh, no stranger to all of you that have been coming to the Yop every month, another winner of Yop Poem of the Month. And uh, she is back for more. Stella, I'm hoping this is the right version. I, I opened this document today and I saw one version and then I saw another version marked revision. Oh, I don't know. I, I thought I only sent one. So it looks right to me. Okay. I think <laughs> Was this that's one my bad morning. Um, yeah, it's a, that's the right one. I have the wrong one open, I think. I don't know what happened. Sorry okay. about that. No problem. All right, um, here we go. Um, window panes trap dew as the celestial sky stretches quietly, nudging cirrus speckles along with the wide turning of this earth. Warning on the horizon silently releases night. Glowing amber stirs swirling of claret unfolding into violet and heliotrope. Dear star of Yelta, your mouth opens to taste the sweetness of early light and wakes my eyes as I trace the curl of your tendrils around a fence. Canola's black between my fingertips, moist with the promise of a new day, their trumpets open-mouthed, inviting butterflies still weak from sleep on the horizon. Electric purple swirls through the air, drips soft scent between vines, offers verdant leaves to early morning, dispersing the final specters of dreams. At the edge of sight, I linger on illusion, brush across the ultraviolet petals, 
Feel how memory hovers through light when wavelengths are consumed and only violet bounces back. This world heralds the stateliness of purpurus, holds nature's crown with the arrival of mornings, holy royal markers of mornings lingering, moments that echo like prayer with heads raised, mouths open. Hope trickles warmth through the air, pricks alive the hairs on my skin. Mornings rush through my window, pour opportunity in the stillness of a breath, a parting that carries the imprint of love. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Stella. I was just, you were gesturing in your camera. I was just, I suddenly had a horrified thought that there was another part of that poem on the next page. <laughs> oh, no, I, I had to read off of your screen because it didn't save on my end. I guess something happened in the internet saving and sending. So I was like, oh, that's the right version. I have the wrong one. So I was trying to read off the screen. I apologize. Okay, no problem. Uh, beautiful poem, as always. Uh Congrats on being a Kaveh Kahnem fellow. I saw that in your bio. Thank you. Yes, this fall. <laughs> yeah. Not surprising to me. They know what they're doing. And uh, they recognize greatness when they see it. Uh, our next poet tonight, uh, another former winner of Yacht Poem of the Month. It's just like one after another, starting off this open mic, Cassidy Gabriel. How you living? Hello. How are y'all? Yeah. <laughs> right, I feel it. like I always read after Stella and I'm like, yeah, still yeah, like a one-two punch. <laughs> um, okay. So this poem is called At the Savior's Command, Informed by Divine Teaching, We Dare to Say. Father yourself, light before you run. Today is a stolen staircase to an altar of nothing, but taxonomies of flesh. The dogwoods all bow eventually, hallowed be their heavy flowers taking after concave stomachs, insides scooped, eyes left of center. Give us this day lengthened, poured by the hour, as it is on Mars, as it is in the dust, like the skin of cherries, a slaughterhouse of most generous bruises, body enough to hold the shame as it was in the dark, strange kingdom, the graves tossed and yellow of all things remarkable, now and forever clicking thy name, a stranger ballad than even that. Thank you. Thank you, Cassidy. Uh, another amazing poem on a slaughterhouse of most generous bruises. There's always a line or two in your poems, if not like 20, <laughs> that uh, just stops me in my tracks. Um, so that's a testament to your craft. Thank you. Thanks, much. Jason. Um, okay. Yeah, it's always great to have the Cassidy Stella one-two punch at the start. I always know it's gonna things are going to get started. And then tonight we had Yana at the start too, and that was, that was awesome. Uh, Will Kiever is back. And uh, Will has been killing it lately too, after joining us, I think a couple of months ago. Uh, Will, how you doing? Great, uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me again. Right. Thanks for the selfie, by the way. I just, sure, checked, my, sure. just checked my phone and got that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, all right, I guess I'll get started. This is called, uh, given the opportunity, Yellow Jackets will read palms in Buffalo. The world of forms has again turned out to be a supernova. 
in the remaining static fractals wrinkled among the dregs. Baritone wind chimes bob like buoys, ringing on aching waters, glazing warped glass, slicked with rain clasped in the pendulum branches of the Japanese maple, soaked with cardinal leaves and blue sky itself, pressed between cedar pesto and mozzarella clouds. In the nexus linking frames, an artifact flashes from the antechamber. Whether the key comes around again or not, it seems we can only remember this distinct band of shadows, and even then, the feathers can't be fossilized. We are left to guess their function through their impression. Sometimes evidence of Higgs boson or firefly logic is a pinwheeling jaunt into whirlpools so large our white-tied lizards had to designate it a state park. Harry drives through the rust belt brick labyrinths while us backseat doom flamingos splice together more antique daydreams interlocked in our kneading fingers. Still, the billboards query our attendance at the Platinum Nail Polish Freebasin Conference this year in Boston, but Harry has already delivered us to the wooded parking lot out of range of the lysergic cynics. Remember, a goldenrod rimmed on the gorge, a ground of acorn berets leading to steps, stone steps down, down, down to where the river and the neck break even. At this level, our heads are tilted true north. Okay, okay. Great again. Well, thank you. Amazing uh, vocabulary in this poem, first of all. Lysergic. I don't think I've ever seen that in a poem. And then the, uh, the acorn berets. Great image. Uh, I never thought of acorns as berets, but that's exactly what they are. They're like little berets. <laughs> um, now I'm always going to remember that. Uh, all right. When I, especially when I see the, the chipmunks and shit tomorrow. Squirrels, chipmunks. Uh, all right. Thanks very much, Will. Uh, that was fantastic again. Uh, next up is another poet, I believe, who debuted at the Yop last month, if I'm not mistaken, Navila Nahi. Yes. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. Okay. Um, I am my bromelade. Withering, I never needed your light. I have my own tucked in shadow. I hoarded for real darkness, the kind unvanquished in sun. Yet I'm still my bromelade, drooping within the warmth of you. For you are not my light. You can never feed me, grow me, love me. You can't even find me on a map. I checked. You pointed at Antarctica. I remind you I am warm-blooded. You call me a liar. I tell you I can't lie when God is in everything and everything is me. I can't lie when I see him and he sees sin. Oh, I, how I've sinned. Please, God, forgive. Forgive the untruths I still spill to believe. Forgive the prayers I let die, because I still talk to them, the little deaths. I attend their funerals and spread their ashes back up to the cold, cold stars. Some birth again bloody excavating me anew, an unwithered bloom of my bromelade. Oh, thank you, Navila. Beautiful poem. It just came, it came at us in a forceful, uh, I don't know what to say, like a flurry. Just, I like that you just, <laughs> you just started and it was like, wham, wham, wham. Um, God, I still talk to them, the little deaths. Um, that stands in particular, it's amazing. 
Okay, thanks very much, Navila. Glad to have you back, keep coming back. Our next poem tonight is a Yop veteran hailing from the proud neighborhood of Sunset Park. Todd Friedman, how you doing? To my dear unborn grandchild, actually, my not yet even a twinkle in the eye grandchild. It's a funny way to begin, but if you are reading this, then things didn't go the way I wanted. And I am leaving this because I never got to toss you in the air and I never got to tickle you in the tummy. And I never got to read to you and tell you silly stories. Right now, your mother is trying to make her way in the world. It will be a number of years before she can make room for you. One day you may ask her about the past and you may ask her about me. Ask her if she remembers when she and I went out looking for poems together. She was very young and may not remember, but if you and I had gotten to go, maybe it would have reminded her. Ask her if she remembers splashing in the puddles while we went looking in the rain. Ask her if she remembers how I told her that poems would come to her if she just stood still and how one actually did not and one actually did not long after that. I would have loved it if you and I could have gone out looking. I've never, I've never been that good at finding the constellations except for the Big Dipper. But maybe you and I could have found the lines that hold the other stars together. We could have traced them, written them down in a book together. So we could have been able, we would have been able to find them again. I would have ridden you on the back of my bicycle, just like I did with your mother. We would have gone out for breakfast or picked up some bagels to take home. But the best would have been teaching you how to ride a two-wheeler for when you got older. You could have gone out in the country and ridden on trails without cars under a canopy of trees for miles and miles. I could have taught you how to saw wood, drill holes, and hammer in nails, how to plane sticking doors, clear out clogged drains, and change washers in leaky faucets. And don't forget that bicycles get flat tires too. I could have taught you how to fix those too. You would have been much more than my helper. We would have mapped out a plan together for doing all our repairs. And if I could have held you on my lap at our Passover seders, you would have helped me lead. I would have taught you how to chant the four questions and to ask your own questions and how to treat the stranger. For believe it or not, you were once a stranger in a strange land. And if you learn nothing else, learn that. And you can learn it while standing on one foot, even on your tippy toes. And speaking of strangers, I know that even with photos and videos, even with the stories your mother and others will tell you, we wouldn't have had our own time together. But I want you to know that there is a part of me in every poem I wrote, and long before you were born, I was thinking of you. And when you learn to read these words out loud, my voice will echo in yours, and you will know how to find me. It's okay if you wake me 
I never needed a lot of sleep. Okay, thank you, Todd. Uh, truly beautiful poem. Uh, you should look at the chat. You're getting a lot of love in the chat. Channeling Whitman a little bit there from Crossing Brooklyn Ferry. I don't know how aware of that you were. I really started to hear it in that last stanza, especially when you were talking about uh, uh, long before you were born. I was thinking of you. Ages and ages and hence, Todd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just a, a beautiful poem. Uh, Thank you. Lovely conception. Um, yeah, I don't think I've... I've never heard or read a poem quite like that uh, with that idea. Um, okay. Thank it's you. always good, Todd. Thank you so much for your continued great work. Another poem who's always given us great work every month, Seth Leeper. How you doing? Um, I'm good. I think my video is not working, but maybe that's oh, okay. This. I can see you. Oh, it is? Oh. I was going to say I can see you loud and clear, but that doesn't really make any sense, but maybe it does. <laughs> me. I'm a little upset that I had to follow talk because um, I'm a little pumped over here. But I oh, see sure what you did there, Jay, with your ordering skills. Anyways, all right, thanks. All right, so this is called Salutations. Uh, salutations. 20 years on, a son walks through a door, away from a father who walked through a door, looked back only in spare glances, the disparity between hello and goodbye, all the intervening years, all the missing years, when phone calls replaced hugs, day late birthday wishes were flat jokes. When did I become the one to walk away, turn my back on the one person I needed to run towards? I wanted to punish you. I wanted to follow you around your workshop and look at your tools, but the Barbies in the other room always shined brighter. I was an interloper with fairy wings in a world of metal, tinkering gadgets and gizmos foreign to my hands, the same hands of a four-year-old who reached for a turned back, same calloused hands of a grown man reached for a body no longer there. How did we get here? A room apart, white sheets shroud a body in repose, a son stubbornly still living, blind hands opening door after door, after door. Wow, I don't think you had any problem following Todd. In fact, I think your poems went really well together. <laughs> and uh, quite beautifully. Oh, that's an amazing poem, Seth. Thank you. Um, just killing it, Seth Leeper, every month. <laughs> like you're giving, us, <laughs> you're giving us something even better than the previous month. Like I say the same thing every month now. Um, yeah. Salutations also, <laughs> salutations also makes me think of Whitman. So there's two in a row. Um, okay, thanks. I'm going to try to calm down now. Um, I apologize for my voice cracking. Um, I lost my voice yesterday during the Cleveland Browns, Los Angeles Chargers game. <laughs> any of you football, any of you football fans will know why because that game did not end well for Cleveland. This is not surprising. Um, okay, our next poet is another former Poem of the Month winner. Uh, just uh, Also just killing it every month, Morgan Boyle. How you doing? This title's already got me hooked. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. 
cool. I like, your, I like your chain. Oh, thank you. It says my name on it. My friend found it at a thrift store and gave oh, it. I could, I could read it. What you need to do next is do what, like, I think uh, Jose Ramirez of the Cleveland baseball team did this. And also, uh, I think uh, Rick Ross also did this. You need to get a chain with an image of yourself with a yes. chain. <laughs> I know, I know what that is. I know what that is. Yes, I've seen this. Can you, can you do that this. for next month? And then uh... that sounds very expensive. <laughs> But I'll think about it. Okay, so uh, this is my poem. Uh, Decadence is. I'm trying to live luxury. I'm trying to live luxury. I'm 29 and this is it. I've been drinking out of 18th century vases. I've been drinking out of depression era glass. I guess it's just I've been drinking. It's all green and pink and maybe a little gold when I'm feeling less than. I never had gold schlager. I feel like I'm too old. I heard it tastes bad, but I feel that maybe it's something I gotta do. Maybe this is my one chance. Let a lady shit gold. I'm 29 and I'm trying to live luxury. Jeffrey Bezos spent 10 life minutes in orbit, came down and laughed like a supervillain on the news, umbrella-less and burning at the Rockaways. I ate too much fancy mushroom chocolate and swam in decadence. Mushrooms are cheap typically, but this, this was $45, $45, more expensive than I thought, breath caught in my throat when I bought it, dark and handmade, pressed with lavender flowers and sea salt, and whacking me out into the sky on the rockaways, the same sky Bezos rocketed into. Lived luxury, worn in luxury, shabby luxury. Is that sexy? Can holes in velvet be a winter vibe? Lived shabby luxury, arrested by nine cops outside, mad carpeted dive tam o shanter, crusty velvet shedding faux fur, purple lipstick, big, big hair, just massive in the cold. Glam until you're in the back of the cop car. Glam until you're under the fluorescent in the station. Glam until one girl rested that night of a few looks at those cops and asks, mug shots yo we're high cut babes can we get a group photo left the drunk tank to stretch across my new to me craigslist queen bed never been able to starfish alone like that the sun came through the windows and it all felt bad it all felt opulent don't look under the luxe carpet. Don't sniff the luxe carpet. Did true tacky luxury die in the last century? What is decadence anyways? Decadence is 3 a.m. oatmeal cream pie dinner. E Decadence is someone's good pheromone-filled stench. Decadence is acid in Prospect Park on a work day. Decadence as a rich asshole in space. Spend a lifetime dreaming of stupid Dumbo decadence. Decadence high ceilings, columns, morning dead tigers. Decadence address the color of sky. Chintz fabric on the Spanish steps and love, love, love. But I don't look good in light blue. Washed out, not my color. Youth is full of mistaken decadence, dumb ideas of what's gonna be. Who goes to black tie parties? I blame movies. Either I'm tempering dreams I once had, or I've learned enough to dream myself out of disappointment. All I wanna do is drift into the sea. Is that Lux? Decadent. Is that Modelo in the shower in a pink depression goblet? Is that the act of getting ghosted in the fall? Ghosted in the fall, misty, misty, pandemic city, all gray and romantically, romantically sad. Romantically sad in the fall leaves all around, time to be luxurious. 
Something about romantic sadness in the city demands a fainting couch and elegant drudgery. Romantically sad and choking down Brooklyn famous chocolate cake by the forkful. Brooklyn blackout dark, dark triple layer of cream and thick slice as big as my head. Each bite heavier and glueier than the last. But don't stop, don't stop, it's true. Break through the gluey stage and eat enough cake to see God. Slice after slice, but I'm romantically sad in the fall. Just sad, not made of money. Blowing it all on cake. Decadence is going to have to be bodega oatmeal cream pies and high life 40s again. How else is a person going to coast through the sadness of romance? Ride Lux waves into 2020 hindsight winter was worse. I'm 29 and trying to exist in opulence. My commute takes up three hours of my day. My commute takes up three hours of my day. My commute takes up 15 hours of my week. My commute might be killing me according to articles I read online. I'm trying to live luxury. I'm trying so hard, but there's filth under the table. I've baselessly convinced myself there are cockroaches behind the stove. I'm trying to live luxury, but shit's unraveling and I'm drunk again. The hills are growing and I haven't vacuumed in weeks. Luxury is the iced coffee that I keep buying from the bodega. Luxury is crying on the fire escape in the sun. Luxury is my own jerked movements on the roof. Luxury is the city across the East River. Opulence is locked up in the Chrysler building, locked up for only the business people to see. It's a waste in there, bang down the doors, let us all in. Everybody is just trying to gaze onto something big and true, something decadent. I'm trying to live luxury. I'm trying to live luxury. I'm 29. Okay. Pretty damn good, <laughs> Morgan Boyle. Uh, man, I, I just, I enjoy these poems so much. Every time you read them, it's like I'm in like a poetry party, uh, but like an actually like a good party. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like a like a stimulating party intellectually and aesthetically uh i feel Thank like the you. conversation we had about your potential chain was like appropriate for this poem <laughs> it was appropriate i thought that was so funny Maybe you should add I a line about it. like i'm living in luxury and like i need to i i got a chain of myself with a chain on it or something <laughs> uh, uh, my friend gave me this when i was spray painting a bunch of stuff gold so like it was uh, all fitting nice I love that line about the Modelo and the pink depression era goblet. Or <laughs> I don't think I vacuumed in weeks either. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Great stuff. Um, yeah. Decadence. What is decadence? Um, okay. Thanks, Morgan. Always great. Madeline Phillips. Uh, I enjoyed our email correspondence earlier. I'm so sorry. I was so stressed out. <laughs> No, it was, yeah, my stress was, uh, had nothing to do with yours. And we were trying to find, luckily, cool-headed Emily Blair was like, oh, it's because she entered the wrong email for her. Which is so classic. Registration. Yeah, Madeline couldn't, couldn't get into the Zoom and we we're trying to figure out why. <laughs> okay, but now you're here. Yeah, you can you a, see me? Yes, and you have a very professional background. Looks great. Very Looks like a yearbook photo background. Yeah, I'm, I'm an actor, so gotta, gotta turn up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wrote... This poem in um, Emily Wallace Hughes workshop that I'm in right now with Cassidy. All right. And yeah. Poems so. happening as we speak. Poems happening. Workshops that are still going on. So All excited. right. Okay. Fruiting body. 
I smelled you before I saw you, beside the vernal pool, pierced with tupelos, your scent, adhesive, sour, acidic, made me stop and notice the small white sporocarp where moss met silt. And then another you and another, I nearly overlooked your vividness among the autumn leaves and poverty grass. Tiny deceiver, fruit the color of fruit, red, deep, the whole floor smells like you, and also the surprise of a pale purple stalk beneath a brown cap, violet bullet or violet web cap, livid antiloma or pale spore. I do not have the eye to identify you, grisette or brittle neck, true or false chanterelle, so many fruiting bodies to behold, Rusula, beefsteak, turkey tail. I do not have the eye to identify you. No one does, not even the man who found you first and gave you his name. Cap, stock, ring, veil. I can name your parts. Hypha, lamella, vulva, stipe, but I do not know them. A thread of spider silk laces through the falling leaves, teasing the hidden parts of you I wish to see. The web that threads down through the duff among millipede and grub, your whole kingdom beneath my feet. Oh, to be, to be one of many. You are almost animal, but your chitinous cells are silent, unlike the cricket and Katie did, whose constant sound led me to this quiet place deep in the wood where the spores expressed from your breathless gills texture the air. You are almost animal and I am longing to know what you and you and you call each other in the wormy current of the dark where I cannot see. Wow. Sounds like a pretty good workshop. <laughs> this is a, it's an amazing. It's really film. fun and challenging me to look at everything differently. <laughs> but did you write this from one of the excursions that you all took in Prospect Park? Is that No, this was my own excursion hiking upstate, but nice. we um, we did have to sit with something natural. <laughs> And nice. yeah, <laughs> well, it certainly bore fruit to uh, riff off your title. Uh, amazing sounds in that poem, as I think Will said in the chat, just like the texture of that poem linguistically is uh, pretty remarkable. Okay, well done, Madeline Phillips. I'm glad I'm glad you're able to get into the Zoom. Me too. It's a good thing. It's a good thing I was doing other shit and checking my email. <laughs> because I might not have seen your message otherwise. Um, okay, we're on to the one and only Harvey Sauce, the proud MC of the Artful Dodgers Poetry Open Mic. Harvey, how you doing? I am indeed. All uh, right. And, and following up on, following, can you hear me? Yes. Can you, oh, okay, fine. 
following up on that, uh, I'd invite you all to come join us at our next uh, generous open mic, which is a couple of Saturdays from now, I guess, uh, the 23rd at four o'clock. Check for us on Eventbrite, or I've also put my contact information in the chat. Um, to, you know, just let us know if you want to read or whether you just want to listen. Uh, this one is called Conversation with an Apostrophe. Possessive are you? Think you own this poem? Well, you don't possess it, or me. Sometimes my pen hand slips and you appear uninvited on a page, just a smudge or blip my slip showing. Author to apostrophe. Most days you fly under my radar, much as a comma does or a speck of dust, with nothing of what one might call punctuational gravitas. I keep close at hand a bit of grandma's ink remover with your name on it, R.I.P. apostrophe. You little swipe, you got her snipe, should you push me too far. If you're not careful, all my don'ts will hereafter be written as do nots. My shouldn't as should nots. My can'ts abolished to a gulag for shortcuts no longer required. Ask for a raise again. You're fired. I've already killed your kind several times over with Dick's whiteout, and I'll reprise my Gilbert and Sullivan's Lord High Executioner role, the very best of the Doily Cart Opera Company's Mikado, each of us playing his part. Until you learn, if ever you do, which one of us possesses the pen. You're thick as a Mont Blanc if you think it's you. More terse than an ellipsis, less puissant than an N-dash or even an anti-M, your birthright is that of a stroke of ink, vulnerable to extinction. Vassal to any royal line of sonnets I might cook up, a not-so-hollow crown sauced with a tasty Shakespearean ragu. Meanwhile, you might want to act a skosh more in keeping with your character as writ an obtrusive co-servitor and first cousin once removed of the comma, whose example you might do well to follow. Learn, for instance, when to bend the knee and when to disappear entirely unless called for like a good valet. You can do that, can't you? Under butlering being out of the question as above your station as authorship is. Don't think for a moment that you're threatening suicide, are you? Changes anything. It's not you to whom the judges will be giving a perfect 10 when this poem is done, but both it and you are mine, my friend. At most, you might be thought of as an indentured servant, no pension, no benefits, an unmarked grave waiting for you in the grammarian cemetery fealty, fie, foe, fum. So go ahead, jump off the page, ride a dust mite into the vacuum's oblivion. Your threats and implorations have no effect on me. Get the hence apostrophe. There's plenty more ink in the bottle where you came from. Thank you. Okay, Harvey. 
So uh, what's been going? What's been going on with you and apostrophes lately? Where did this? Hey, you know, come from? I have this. I write in bed a lot, and I end up with uh, with ink because I use a particular calligraphic pen. You know, I buy thirty at a time, and I it's it's on my pillowcases, it's, it's on my sheets. You know, just little bits that simply do not come out, even with grandma's spot remover. So. <laughs> Uh, and it's, so it's apostrophes hey. that are that are uh, yeah you know I mean look, yeah. this this is what oh. certain types of mushrooms will do to the mind. What can I say? <laughs> okay, all right. I was like, wow, all these. I don't think I've ever heard a poem quite like this. When you were threatening, well, more poems when you were threatening not to use contractions, I thought we had really gotten to a very dark place at the Brooklyn Poets. <laughs> <laughs> but for oh, contractions, wow. I wouldn't be here. Neither would you. <laughs> so. All my don'ts will hereafter be written as do nots. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love poetry, man. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> Only in poetry do we, do we see threats like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Harvey. Good stuff. Sure. Uh, our next poet tonight, Rita A. Simmons. How you doing, Rita? Hello, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad to have you back, as always. Go yes, for thank it. you. This is a, this is um, a short poem, but um, here it goes. I was going to call it "The Road Not Taken," but that title was already used. Okay, um, relentless road. There is a road that leads to my door where I wait for you, though I don't know who you are. There is a path that leads to my longing. As far as eyes can see, no figure comes forward. My frustration is my hope. I cannot see to the end of this road. My ears hear nothing but bony twigs lashing the window pane. This path becomes an arrow pointed at my secret. What I imagine is more true than the hours I spend pretending I don't wait for you. But this silent road never stops calling. Should I step out, walk, and keep walking. If I travel far from my home on this relentless road, will it end with you looking for me? Wow, Rita, thank you. Beautiful and powerful poem. Uh, I, sorry, I scroll back. I was like, I immediately want to reread it. My frustration is my hope. Man, we have gotten to a dark place tonight. I cannot see to the end of this road. Man, it's tough, Rita. You're killing me. Uh, this is like the darker version of the road not taken. <laughs> I don't know if you attended that craft lab with Jericho Brown, Rita, where he talked about that poem, but he had a great reading of that poem. He's like, really, both of these roads are leading to the same place. <laughs> it's like, really, there's no choice. I... <laughs> Which is I, <laughs> I took the one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and maybe right. nobody get, maybe nobody gets my. Not, it's not really it's not really depressing. It's just an expression of yeah of this desire that that sometimes wakes up in me and makes me realize that I'm I'm a human being. I guess. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Not depressing so much as true, which is always a little depressing. <laughs> uh, while also being hopeful. This is a weird way poetry works. Um, okay. Yes. Thanks, Thanks Rita. Thank you. Our next poet tonight is a recent Brooklyn Poets Fellow, Sharon DeYoung. How's it going, Sharon? Very well. Hi, everybody. Good to be here. Okay. Um, umbilical. I'm led from the shore to the cave of weathered limestone, a circular offering of white bones nestled gently at the explosive inhale and exhale of water overtaking an ancient outcrop. An elephant graveyard, these silk smooth rocks, delicately, delicately dark guarded tusks, coral buffed. I'm pulled with the fish, the water rough rocking me in and out of the cove. Time-weighted sediment snagging skin, body clawing sand, ravishing my priceless hoard. I'm expansive, I'm percolating, breaking through the tide, flippers thrashing, swimming further, darting deeper, pressure fevered, fish-like. I'm reeling, illuminating, fistful of scavenged satellites, manifesting a voyage, free dive storming, the seafloor palace, glorious graveyard, time out of mind, lifeblood detritus. Hollow leviathan, whale sung's unraveling, snaking galvanic eels, gravity skeletons, protean fountainheads. I can't keep hold, I want it all. Treasure tumbles from my grasp. I'm impossible, I'm succumbing. Fecklessly racing, revolving moons, extinguishing reflections, haunting impermeable orbits, the water colder, the pressure bolder. Disequilibrium, a shuddering chamber, hardened instrument without hands, siren light flashing, death thoughts combating, ears martial drums pulsing tempo. This binding land tether can't keep it together, can't withstand the cliff drop, abyss, illimitable hunger, implosion, head thunder, bound to an umbilical, remanded prisoner, furious light blinding sky, eviscerated, interrogated, Returning, what do I know? Shipwrecked, surrender, flotsam, a current wanting most, what is lost. A psalm threading water, endlessly keening, what longing, what reaching, breathless beseeching, all boundaries receding, infinite oxygenated galactic. Ode to an unleashing and probability releasing, what could possibly free me? Oh, thank you, Sharon. Uh, powerful poem again. Um, it's like a litany. And I like how it all comes together at the end. Ode to an unleashing. Um, beautiful work. I feel, yeah, I feel like your audio is much sharper this month. I don't know if you did something technological oh. over, <laughs> over the over No, the these are just cheaper earbuds. I don't know. <laughs> huh. Maybe going cheaper is better sometimes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was very crisp this month. I remember, I think there was like a couple months ago, like it, it was like going in and out or something, but 
perfect yeah it was really bad one month i sounded yeah. like i was like stoned or something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah. it was bad <laughs> um all right thank you sharon that was great our next poet is a former co-winner of Yacht Poem of the Year with uh, Constantine Jones, who now goes by C. Uh, man, that feels like ages ago, Kyle, but uh, I still remember it finally. How you doing? Doing well. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, I just got I'm back from Utah been. 10 minutes ago. I, just, <laughs> I was listening in the Uber to this reading. And, uh, How was uh, Utah? What were you doing there? Just visiting an old friend of mine. It was, it was beautiful. Nice. Yeah, so, they have nice, nice mountains there. Yeah. It's, so here are two uh, sonnets that are like companion pieces. Um, I thought I'd read them both. Um, I'm working on a manuscript, and this is like uh, the first and last poem, the manuscript. I wrote the first one, uh, like the second day I lived in New York. And then I wrote the second one like, uh, like five days ago or something. Um, a sonnet to begin the day and a sonnet to end it. Every morning is an accident, and the sun careens through the sky like a flipped coin. A thousand strangers walk past his head. Any face could have been his own. Slept through chance, broken consequence, a dozen mirrors mangled by a glance. Every morning decays into day like a boy fading into a man. Then to be an old man, had never been born. An accident, choice, chance. A head collides with a coin. A stranger recognized as dawn wrapped around itself. Cocoon, noon rising skyward like moth, chasing the sun to the end of whichever world. <clears throat> and then there's this other part. Every morning was a dream, and the sun performs a final hesitation before slipping away holding out for an end that is already bygone, neither here nor there. Time and time again, this slow transition from what is to what is otherwise. It seems in the evening dusk, all those beginnings were merely practice for this middle to draw itself out. Nothing endures the turning. Jellyfish evaporate on the shore, then to be a dark shore, racing for the cold waves. Time. In time at last, the meridian passes the point of all return, where light abandons its message and leaves tomorrow to choose what the past will be. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Kyle. Beautiful poems. I love companion sonnets, I have to say, especially when they're written over an interval of time, as you said that these were. Uh, some great, uh, some great rhymes you got going on here. Consequence and glance. I love a stranger recognized as dawn. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, I feel like this this manuscript of poem is going to be pretty amazing. Uh, how long is it now? Is it like a fall. Um, it's it's eighty four pages right now. Yeah. All right. That's exciting. Thanks. I uh, expect we'll see that in the world soon. Our next poet, Danielle Gasparo. Uh, what drink you got tonight, Danielle? <laughs> Stay tuned on the Insta yes. machine. <laughs> I, uh, I'm hearing, I wonder if someone has a mic on, Jason. I don't know if you guys are hearing it. There's like a lot oh, of room yeah. noise. 
Hold on, let me check. Panelists, <laughs> mute yourselves if you're not reading. I heard someone typing. I thought that was yeah, Kyle. I, I know. I was like, what is he doing? But uh, I was like, why would he be typing during his own podcast? <laughs> Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Because I, I, I was a little distracted, Kyle. So I look forward to the book. <laughs> well, let me just, let me, let me check real quickly if anyone needs to be muted. Who is the offending party? <laughs> I think we're good. I'm now. a tattletale. Sorry, <laughs> but it's for the good of the poems. It's good for the good of the podcast, too. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that, yes. All right. Okay. Go for it. All right. Wait. Oh, you know what? Let me read my document. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Uh, learning disability. It was not wrong to side with anger all those years. A leaky ceiling is one thing. Go ahead. Kick back lays another day down into the wheel of someone else's fortune. Live it up, pretend by a vowel as that toxic blot of wet denial oozes through the popcorn ceiling above your snoring Wednesday head. This will be of no grand consequence to me, but I am telling you, if your son who is my brother, who is disabled, ably slams his door once more against the stronghold of your self-prescribed blindness. This will fracture more, I am afraid, than a dilapidated hinge. And yet, today, inside this backward flash back to here to being only now, as I heed the nurse's siren and speed into the living room where the truth behind your bruised lids has been sealed since Monday, the whole of me reduced, a beast existing solely to caress your arm, skin, bone once more, just once, please, you, still you, still here, all the seeing done deep within the vacant rhythms of your morphine sighs, please, God, once more, you greet me. No longer a silent I, you sit up tall, you are a capital L, spine upright. How? The hospice nurse cannot explain. Here, now, with frontiered eyes as wide as the life sentence of loss they are pronouncing between us, you greet me. And then your wife, and then your son, and now, I see. To side with anger all those years was not wrong, and it was not brave, and it was not love. Wow, thank you, Danielle. I love this thank ending. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I love the whole poem. Literally an ending, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. 10 years later, I can talk without crying. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a really amazing and all those years was, was not wrong and it was not brave and it was not love uh, mm. yeah chills mm. okay thanks well, for, the, uh, for the opportunity to share Jason always yeah well thank you for your poem 
<laughs> and uh, I look forward to your your selfie with the, the drink. Danielle, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Danielle always sends me a good selfie. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the libation, <laughs> like this brooding, like despair poetry, <laughs> and then right. red wine. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we need that <laughs> paradox <laughs> to, for to the win. The despair, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. By the way, popcorn ceiling is that is that like the term for like the where you had because I have that in my basement. I was looking at that the other day. I was like, is there a term for that? That's a, you know, <laughs> I get I didn't Google what it's technically called. A pretty good That's, description, I would say. I think it's, it's maybe that term. is the technical term. I mean, it's the only yeah. used term that that I know of. Stay tuned. Yeah. Maybe I'll uh, popcorn ceiling. Okay, Next month I'll some, share. We're getting yeah. some people. Oh, in here chat. we go. Definitely yeah, that's what I was told. Yeah, I mean. okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's one I need to replace because uh, there was like a leak, and I was like, "Where would I get one of those?" It's <laughs> like I don't even know where to start. Okay, think, well now, yeah. now I think there's Google. a debate whether it's it's kind of like old paneling from the '70s. Like, is it cool mm-hmm. or is it gross? You know, yeah. popcorn ceiling. Yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, unless I'm going to replace the whole ceiling, I'm just going to decide that it's cool. <laughs> yeah, let, well, yeah, you can decide coolness. Yeah, I, yeah, I really don't care. <laughs> it's fine. I, I mean, how often do we look at the ceiling? <laughs> uh, okay, thanks, Danielle. Cheers. Our next poet, Kayla Schwab, the one and only, not on the waitlist tonight. Uh, usually on the waitlist, and uh, like in the same spot on the waitlist, but tonight the main lineup. How are you, Kayla? Oh, there you are. (laughs) Okay, go for it. All right. Um, Yeah, I've been working on some guzzles just as a form that I keep returning to and feeling intrigued by and compelled to explore. So um, just trying to kind of honor important people in my life. Um, So this one is guzzle for a new home. After months of living in exile, that summer, together, we walked hundreds of miles that summer, reclaiming the simplest pleasures, the pure thrill of aimlessly browsing a bookstore's aisles that summer, every weekend, venturing further, just to feel new, our hearts chattering all the while that summer, the Rockaway Ferry breeze, so fancy and free, we leapt into a different lifestyle that summer. Hot days at the park, cooled with soft serve for dinner, uncovering our long hidden smiles that summer. After all the challenges we faced, I never knew joy could be something so tactile that summer. Friend, we guided each other's souls, certain as the shadow cast upon the sundial that summer. Thanks, uh, Kayla, what a beautiful poem. I love I love the guzzle form. Uh, God, I never knew joy could be something so tactile that summer. And then the one before that, hot days at the park, cooled with soft serve for dinner. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, this just this makes me miss summer. Makes me miss friends. <laughs> makes me miss joy. <laughs> that sounds really sad, <laughs> but I feel like we always miss joy even when we have joy in our lives. This is the nature of joy. Uh, thank you, Kayla. What a beautiful thank poem. You. I'm glad you're recovering from your hip surgery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that um, sounds painful. 
It is, but I'm glad to be here with everyone and have virtual things to do since I'm yeah. not moving a whole lot right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you could join us too. Yes. Great glasses, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I don't see yellow glasses often, but uh, yeah. I feel like I need to see more of those. I agree. Happy color. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, okay. Our next reader, I believe, is a Yop debuter. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mark. Uh, Mark D. Kapowitz. Thank you, everyone. Uh, it's, my poem is called A Poets of Earth. Poets of Earth shape with wood and metal and stone, and all that is good. Poets of food, shaped with sweet, savory salt, and bitter and meat. Poets of health, shaped with drug, bandage, incision, handshake, and hug. Poets of law, shaped with word, statute, and rule, and do not disturb. Poets of sight, shaped with hue, shade, and light, and furniture, too. Poets of sound, shaped with note, tempo, dynamic, finger, and throat. Poets of love, shape with act, pause and speak, and above all, tact. Okay, thanks very much, Mark. Glad you Thank could you. join us this first time. Thank and, you very much. And congrats on your first book. What is it called again? Song of Words? Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, you're a lawyer, and so I, I, do you call yourself a recovering attorney? I've heard some poets say that. They're like, I'm a recovering <laughs> attorney. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's still like that's like that's uh you know that's I, I still do it. It's my day job. And yeah. Po poetry is something I do. Yeah, well, that's good. We have other Arthur Russell, one of our longtime yoppers, is also a practicing attorney. Oh great. You and him should get together. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very much, Mark. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, Jason. Appreciate it. Sure. Uh and our next poet, I believe, is another Yop debuter, Audrey Curtis. Welcome. Thank you. Very excited and honored to be reading among so many talented people. Great background. Is that, a, <laughs> is that like a room divider or is that wallpaper? Yeah, it's just a room divider. Okay, good choice. A little mystery. All right. Lying in laps. I know I don't know you yet, but the haze of half-awake cuddles and kisses pressed sleepily into skin makes me forget or maybe rather pretend. Something about the post-sex stillness strips away both my overzealous defenses, finely tuned from years of misplaced faith in fending for myself, and my perfectly rational reservations about a man I met on the internet two weeks ago. The place where these two armor plates overlap and collide usually resides in the forefront of my mind constantly pulling me back from the brink of belief in more, acting like a tether to the tepid world of reason, my mind leashing my heart like you do dogs and toddlers at the Grand Canyon, preventing them falling victim to their innate but uninformed desire to trust both the ground beneath them and their own ability to balance. But these safety mechanisms melt away in the warmth of your arms, the voices of profound and caring caution drown in the sound of your heartbeat. And I find I am running full tilt towards the edge, eager to fling myself into the chasm and leave my well-being to the whims of the winds and you. 
And for once, I don't stop myself because in this moment, even if never again, you're here to catch me. Though I know that letting go of the leash will only make it hurt more tomorrow when you return to your home and I'm left alone to deal with the doubt that slips in through the door as you leave, or when our schedules go weeks without sinking and the feeling of safety fades from my memory along with the firmness of your embrace and the way your fingers dance along the lines of my form, or whenever the next seemingly inevitable supposed slight wounds my already wounded rejection-sensitive sense of self. But my raging and impulsive heart is overwhelmed by a need to love and damn the consequences. So I use this small window of opportunity, the brief but brilliant now, to let it loose while it's guaranteed a soft landing. Knowing that the protective walls are in wait but also knowing that they can wait. I smile and burrow more closely, breathing in the space between your shoulder blades and allowing myself the pure joy found somewhere between falling and flying, defenseless, yet free. Okay, wow, thank you so much, Audrey. Beautiful poem. Didn't I just say we always miss joy, even when we, even when we're feeling joy? It's like once it's there, it's like already threatening to not be there. Uh, I feel like your poem really captures that well. It's funny. I was just looking at my other screen, and the poem is also on the screen in front of me. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, I love whenever the next seemingly inevitable supposed slight wounds my already wounded rejection sensitive sense of self. Just the syntax of that really captures the psychology of the mind <laughs> like processing the, the supposed slight uh okay great stuff audrey thanks for joining us keep coming back we'd love to hear more uh and we have another yup debut they're all bunched together tonight uh is it ito tastic am i saying that right ito yes it is hello okay Everyone oh. has read such beautiful poems, and I just want to say, like, I'm very honored to be here. Okay. I myself am a poet, and I'm looking for a community. I think you guys are the community I would like to be a part of. And I look forward to taking web workshops. I want to say that everybody read really beautiful poems. Um, the process of my poetry is um, I write burps. So this poem is not edited. No part of it is edited and I kind of feel bad now uh, reading it out loud. Um, it is just, I don't know, here it is. I'm a French dweller and this is my poem. The, the deed. Deal with discomfort, paranoias, silently. It is normal to suffer quietly. It is normal to question and it is peaceful when there's chaos in a box. Religiosity sings as collective. Labeled all things must be fit to the standard. Forms 
an air of content, eerily irrespective. There is peace when there is an ornate Turkish rug for which you sweep nice things and signatures are better with ink and feather pens. Saturation is in the masses. Peace is sometimes least by silence. And that's my poem. Oh, thank you, Ida. Great I look reading. forward to your workshops. Yeah. Nice I look forward to you uh, coming back to the mic. I love this ending. <gasps> Peace is sometimes least by silence. Man, I don't know if like I don't know if anything truer has ever been said. That line really fucks me up. Uh, yeah. Like my mantra. Yeah. Because that's how kind of like what how is this, so what is this like Bloomingdale's commissioned 26 poems for their stores in Soho? It's that sounds that's amazing. Yeah, it was really crazy. Um basically it was during the time of my mom's passing and I was she was in hospice again, like somebody else said, but I promised myself to not be anything else but a poet and wow. then that happened and i self-published two books and ever since then wow. i've been looking for an active poetry community to be a part of and to take more workshops and wow. um this came up and i'm very happy to be a part of this com- to- glad you found us yeah uh all right thank you so much yeah thank you this. okay uh, and I think we have one more Yop debuter before we get to the wait list. Uh, a poet I just met at the Broken Book Festival and a Korean American poet. So those are like both wins. Uh, Sam Park, how you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. I think I'm unable to start my video. Oh, let me see. <laughs> also, speaking I, of joy. Oh, yeah. So you <laughs> Here you go. You're going to be co-hosted now. You should be able to do it. Awesome. All right. There you are. Good to see you again. Oh, my God. Jinx. <laughs> All right. Um, so I have this one poem for y'all tonight. This is called Hunger. I crave joy. That unabashed uncontrasted joy, that unreserved, undisturbed joy, that prophetic, soul-medic, emerging self that just is poetic, that arms thrown, wind blown, hair a mess and feathers flown, wind beneath my wings grown, kept my crown, fled my throne, kind of joy. 
Let this starvation bring consecration, not bread nor wine. I want salvation. I would grasp it, reach and clasp it, deep exhale and then I'd gasp it. I'd entrap it, the self that rid the riled. I'd self-reconcile with the inner child, let her relish in her wild summer solstice of a smile. Make the night beguiled, for I am the dawn, undefiled kind of joy. A prayer not passing, it's everlasting. Though tongues will dry, the soul will fly, joy, long surpassing this heaven on earth. That genetic joy that starts at birth, only God knows of its boundless worth. I'd purge it all just to be at the verge of this certain quenched consciousness. I thirst for this joy. Feed me joy. I crave joy. Thank you. Okay, thanks so much, Sam. Well, I didn't realize joy was going to become the impromptu theme of the night, but that <laughs> seems to be what's happened. Uh, it's like that poem was delivered right on cue. Right. At least we're all depressed together, right? So that's nice. yeah. Strapping <laughs> <laughs> your seatbelts, there's seasonal depression. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you again for creating this space. Yeah, amazing poem, amazing performance, amazing sounds in that poem. Okay. All right, let's hear it for Korean American poetry, shall we? We are not quite on the wait list, but almost there. Our next reader is a, another former Yacht Poem of the Month winner, Shanice Hughes-Greenberg, also a Broken Poets Fellow. How are you doing, Shanice? I'm doing well. It's been a minute. I'm excited yeah. to be back to see, to see Welcome back. Um, familiar faces, new familiar poems, new poems, and new faces. Yeah. Well, we're always happy to see you. All right, go for it. Um, so we were talking about Frank O'Hara earlier, um, and this, um, the title of this poem um, borrows a line from our friend Frank. Each time my heart gets broken, I become more adventurous, meaning I continue to sleep in past noon on Sundays after staying up late with my own taste in my mouth, listening to my backyard whisper starts and stops of poems. Day drinking and I'm thinking of hands when the sun kisses me along my collarbone, wishing the rays could hold me. The older I get, the more the longing shifts as if I have been left behind, waiting to be asked to dance when I know damn well how to move. Maybe it's the tequila or maybe the overcast sky, but I swear if anyone Someone threw a gaze my way. I could believe in love. I mean, bell hooks told me it is a verb, not a noun. But I continue to confuse my parts of speech, construct sentences that begin with I and not we. Who will fill my days because I take care of myself at night? Edda sings, I want a Sunday kind of love. And I know, I now know what she means. Someone to end and begin with, 
someone's still there the night after and the mornings to come. Wow. Wow, Shanice. Uh, I'm glad you're back. This <laughs> I'm telling you, the joy and the fled joy. Uh, wow, you really got, you really, you outfranked Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. This is I think great... I think he, he would have liked it. He would have. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> it's a great poem. Thank you. Uh, man, the line that really kills me, I don't know why exactly, but day drinking and I'm thinking of hands. That's just a great. <laughs> Next time I'm day drinking, Shanice, which is, which is often. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance I get. I was doing that yesterday during football. I mean, I'm going to be thinking of that line. Day drinking and I'm thinking of hands. Man. Uh, yeah, a Sunday kind of love. Frank O'Hara, Eddie James, Bell Hooks. It's a good mix. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good playlist <laughs> for a Sunday. All right. Thank you, Shanice. Uh, beautiful as always. Um, okay. I think that is the end of the main doc. So we've got one more reader. And what better way to close the night uh, than by hearing from the poet who put that whole document together? Jay Eason, our uh, indefatigable and brilliant office manager, live from South Korea. I'm going to stop sharing so Jay can share from their screen. And we're going to. Everybody. It is possible for you to share. I'm glad that wasn't a problem. All right, go for it. So everybody's been talking about joy, and sadly, this poem is definitely not joyous. So I'm sorry to kill the mood as the last reader. Okay, how human it is to be hungry. Chicken bones rest scattered on a plate surrounded by the crumbs of a newly eaten steak. Cherry Kool-Aid stains lip-shaped on the side of the cup. Artificial red remnants pool in its base. A pecan pie slice sits on the side of the food tray, unfinished. Have you thought about the last thing you want to be filled with? What is the last thing that will stick to the sides of your teeth in a mouth that will one day be decayed? Scrolling through the Wikipedia page of documented last meals of condemned prisoners feels like reading a ledger. We record their last words, the last thing they eat, the time of their final heartbeat. Confined to cages, their lives end under a blanket of fluorescence. In 2011, Texas stopped giving death row inmates the option to choose their last meal. Whatever the general population is being fed on the date of their death is what they're served. They don't get to choose the last thing to gnaw between their human teeth, gulp down their human throat, break down with their human enzymes. And I mention human so much because I think we forget how quickly humanity escapes someone the moment they are read their verdicts. To ask for a last meal or not. In 2002, Turkey abolished the death penalty. Those sentenced to the highest offenses are given aggravated life imprisonment in F-type prisons. Over 122 F-type prisoners have died from death fasting. Hunger strikes where death is the goal. 
They protest the inhumanity of their confinement, the uninhabitableness of their dwellings. Their cells are described as coffin-sized. They meet death before their last breath is drawn out, sustaining themselves on the littlest bit of nothing to prolong the inevitable. Hunger wilts away every cell in their being. They deflate the life out of their bodies. How brave it is to fight against a most common desire. There will be a day when our bodies will only be bones, bones mapped with our lives that people will hardly be able to read. One day our tongues will no longer touch food. Hunger will implode in our stomachs, fill all the fault lines that made some of us less than human, less than that want of hunger. Ricky Ray Rector was put to death on January 24th, 1992 in Arkansas, the third person to be murdered by the state since Furman v. Georgia. His last meal, fried chicken, steak, cherry Kool-Aid and a slice of pecan pie. Ricky Ray left his slice of pie telling guards that he was saving it for later. Last words that had many questioning whether he should have been put to death since failed suicide attempts lobotomized him. Bill Clinton campaigning for the 1992 election at the time used Ricky Ray's death to not only relay his stringent beliefs in capital punishment, but, all, but to, to help him secure the presidency, but to deflect from a looming sex scandal. It took 50 minutes for executioners to find a suitable vein, 50 minutes for Ricky Ray to be murdered by the state. His leftover slice of pecan pie was not disposed of until after his death. I think I shared this before i don't know i've done wow. i think i'm lost in the sauce <laughs> i mean i don't think i don't think you've shared that with with me listening that was amazing okay oh. i don't know man i'm sorry i no. work a lot <laughs> <laughs> no you were right about your comment that that, that was that was, that was not, <laughs> not just about joy and fun joy but that, that was amazing um Wow, I'm glad you and I'm glad you read the note at the end because I was going to ask you to read it if, if you weren't going to read it. I love his comment though. I'm saving this for later. <laughs> that's, that's an all time comment. Um, wow. Uh, thank you for sharing that, Jay. Glad to hear your work again. Um, it reminds me, if I feel like we came full circle, it reminds me of the June Jordan poem from the beginning. I had some of the same feelings when you were reading that as I did when we were listening to the Jordan poem. Um, okay, so uh, let's go back. That was Jay Eason, and uh, I'm gonna scroll back and just read the. In fact, I'll share my screen again so you can all see the, the poems as I do this. Uh, sorry, give me one second. Um, so that was Jay Eason. This is June Jordan. <laughs> you can't vote for June Jordan. I mean, you can, if, I'm not gonna stop you, but uh, she's not officially part of the open mic. Uh, before Jay was Sam, no, sorry, before Jay was Shanice Hughes-Greenberg, before Shanice was Sam Park, uh, before Sam was Ido Tastic, before Ido was Audrey Curtis, before Audrey was Mark D. Kaplowitz, 
before Mark, we heard from Kayla Schwab. Before Kayla, we heard from Daniel Gasparo. Before Danielle, we heard from Kyle Brosnahan, his two sonnets. Before Kyle, we heard from Sharon DeYoung, Umbilical. Before Sharon, Rita A. Simmons, Relentless Road. Before Rita, we heard from Harvey Sauce, who had it in for the apostrophe conversation with an apostrophe. Before Harvey, we heard from Madeline Phillips, Fruiting Body. Before Madeline, Morgan Boyle, Decadence Is, Morgan Boyle with the Chain. Before Morgan, we heard from Seth Leeper, Salutations. Before Seth, Todd Friedman, to my dear unborn grandchild. Actually, my not yet even a twinkle in the eye grandchild. Great title. <laughs> Before Todd, we heard from Navila Nahid. Before Navila, we heard from Will Kiever, another great title. Before Will, Cassidy Gabriel, at the Savior's Command, formed by divine teaching, we dare to say. Another great title. Before Cassidy, Stella Lee, Renewed Morning. And before Stella, I think we're all the way back to the beginning, Yana Kane with Postcard. Okay, uh, I'm already getting votes. I see my phone screen in front of me. Uh, but to vote, if you haven't voted already, uh, text me the poet's name, 718-374-1953. I will put that in the chat once again, 718-374-1953. Again, all you need to do is tell me the poet's name. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Joe real quick. Uh, if you are standing by to make a quick announcement about our next staff picks event, do you want to do that, Joe? I am. Yeah. And I am standing by. And I actually know that I, I have to run into the office because I, maybe you know the exact date, but um, we have a staff picks event exactly. coming up. It is uh, October <laughs> 28th. 28th. Okay. So never mind. I'll stay right where I am. Um, so yeah, our next staff picks event, which is one of the most incredible events um, that we have. All of ours are incredible. This one's really fun and really special. Um, it's on the 28th. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar, it's an event that in which we honor poets who aren't as established, so they don't have a full length book out yet. Um, and they're all really, really wonderful. The energy of those events are incredible. They're one of my favorite things that I'm a part of in this world. So I really love to see you all there. Um, it is like, as Jason said, going to be on October 28th. Oh, you said? Yes, October 28th. <laughs> I'm just running it. Um, yeah, but no it's going to be, yeah, but it's going to be really great. So um, keep that on your calendar and I look forward to hopefully seeing you all there. Okay, yes, I hope to see you all there as well. I can't remember if you mentioned this, Joe, but it is a free event, uh, a free Zoom webinar. Uh, this has become my favorite Broken Poets event because. Uh, I don't have to do much for it. I just sign on and enjoy it. So uh, that that makes it a great event. Not that I don't enjoy emceeing, but uh, I, I like seeing my staff in action because they're, they're brilliant people. Uh, one more announcement about something upcoming even before that that I almost forgot to mention. This Sunday, just six days away, our next craft lab, in fact, our penultimate craft labs, never... Uh, never too many times to say the word penultimate, but our next craft lab and our penultimate one is coming up this Sunday, October 17th with the uh, one and only Angel Nafis, who is uh, amazing, if you don't know uh, Angel and her work. And uh, not only as a poet, but as a teacher and a community leader, uh, I suggest you sign up for that right quick. 
there is still time to register. Uh, go to brokenpoets.org, look for craft labs, and you will see it. Um, if you need financial aid, you can still uh, uh, request that through this Friday, October 15th. Um, so we hope to see you for that. And again, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we are about to launch uh, applications uh, or open for applications for the 2022 mentorship program class. In fact, pretty soon after we end this event, I will be doing that. So uh, even before we officially open tomorrow, you might be able to, to look at that and apply if you, if you want to get it together that quickly. But uh, applications will be open for about six weeks. They're going to be due on November 21st, so the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, fuck Columbus. <laughs> I don't think that really needs to be said. Uh, sorry if that offends you, but uh, that's that's the way it is in this house. Um, and uh, we will be back in the second Monday of November, November 8th, for our next YAWP. Uh, that teacher is to be determined, uh, but uh, we hope to announce who that will be leading that very soon. Uh, we're just waiting to hear back. Um, yeah, and we'll be back on Zoom November 8th. Thanks again for joining us. <laughs> I'm loving the fuck Columbus in the chat. Uh, and uh, yeah, and send me your votes 718-374-1953 and send me your selfies. I've already gotten a few. Thanks to those of you that have sent them. All right, be well, be safe. We'll see you November 8th. There you have it, the Brooklyn Poets Yop open mic for October 11th, 2021. Thanks to our brilliant Professor Star Davis, uh, feels like family, for leading a, an amazing workshop. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about Star, but she's a star. Uh, she like she came up with us she didn't i mean she did stuff before she met book and poets but uh was a book and poets student book and poets fellow uh and uh has just read amazing poems in our community for a while so uh we're excited to have her teaching for us now and congrats to longtime yopper uh todd friedman one of the uh, poets laureate of sunset park for winning October Yaw Poem of the Month for his beautiful poem To My Dear Unborn Grandchild Actually My Not Yet Even a Twinkle in the Eye Grandchild uh, Todd's been reading great poems for us for, for a long time now and uh, I just feel like this was a long time coming so very happy for him uh, Todd will be reading in our Poem of the Year contest at the end of the year which is uh, tentatively scheduled for December 13th, so we have that to look forward to. Our next YAWP comes your way on Monday, November 8th. Again, via Zoom, start time 7 p.m. as usual. This will be led by longtime Brooklyn Poets teacher Natalie Eilbert, uh, who we're always happy to have back. And Natalie right now is teaching our MFA application boot camp uh, online, which uh, she's been teaching for the past several years, uh, doing great work with those students. So, uh, hopefully you'll come out for that November 8th, or <laughs> you don't have to come out. You could literally be in your PJs in your bed and join us for that if you so choose. Uh, thanks for listening. We'd love it if you would rate us on iTunes. If you can do that, rate us five stars, leave a review. 
It helps other people find the podcast and, most importantly, find the poems that these poets are reading. Okay, that's all I got. Uh, Again, we'll be back in November. Keep listening. Uh, We love your support. If you want more info about Brooklyn Poets or the Yawks, go to brooklynpoets.org. Till next time.